Hi, I'm Tom Marks with the Marks Law Firm, and welcome to the Healthy Family Law Attorney. Today I'm going to be talking to you about the six types of alimony in Florida. Before I get to that, I want to say that our purpose here is to provide hope and help to families in a healthy way navigating the family law process. Now today's video is going to be uh, for divorce, not for paternity, because alimony is not available in a paternity case. All right, so let's dive in. The first type of alimony is temporary alimony. Temporary alimony is what's provided by the court during the divorce process. So let's think about it in terms of this does not survive after the divorce is over. This is to provide support to the recipient of the alimony during the divorce case from the, say, the date of filing to the date of the final judgment. I should say that in Florida, alimony, our statutes are gender, gender neutral. So what that means is both men and women can receive alimony in Florida. So temporary, it's interesting because we have what's known as administrative orders in Florida that say that the parties must maintain the status quo. So in other words, if let's say stereotypically the husband's providing the support, could be the wife, but the, the, uh, the husband in that case would be required to continue to pay all the household bills as he had historically done not permitted to drop insurance, not permitted to stop paying the mortgage payment, electric bill and all that. So a lot of times temporary alimony is not necessary. However, when one of the parties, the one who earns more and is supposed to be paying the bills or the support doesn't, then you can apply for temporary alimony. So that's the first type. I'm going to start with the what's typically the shorter term alimonies and work my way up to the longer term alimonies. Let me just also say that alimony to be awarded in Florida, you have a, the, the number one factor and the number two factor in every alimony case are, does the payor spouse, the one paying the alimony, have a financial ability to pay the alimony? And does the recipient spouse or the payee spouse have a financial need to receive the alimony. If you don't have both of those, you don't have an alimony case in Florida. Okay, so it applies to temporary alimony and all the, uh, the five other types of alimony. All right, we got that. So let's move, uh, let's move on to the next type, the next what I would call shortest term alimony is bridge the gap alimony. Now bridge the gap by definition, by statute, and this is all can be found in Florida statute 61.08, which is the alimony statute in Florida. I have to caution you before I go forward. If you read the statute, there's some things that it says in there that are no longer actually enforceable law, okay? Uh, for for instance, if you look at the first part of the statute, it says adultery can be considered in affecting whether alimony is awarded or the amount of alimony. 
Well, that's no longer the case. We have a no-fault divorce state or no-fault divorce statute, and uh, the Florida Supreme Court and the district courts have clearly said we can't consider uh, adultery in affecting either whether the recipient gets alimony or how much the recipient gets. Their adultery does come into play for some other things like waste of marital assets. I'll get to that in an, another video. But for today's purposes, I want you to know you can read the statute, but then you have to read hundreds of appellate decisions to know what how, how the appellate courts, how the courts in Florida have interpreted the alimony statute. Okay, 61.08. So bridge the gap alimony, number two, is only allowable up to two years, for two years. So the payor spouse could not be ordered to pay bridge the gap alimony for more than two years. Okay, bridge the gap simply means it's supposed to help the recipient spouse bridge the gap from married life to single life, okay? So it's supposed to help the recipient spouse um, pay for a new lease or maybe get a mortgage or whatever to get back on their feet while they're transitioning. You might even call it a transition type of alimony, but the technical term is bridge the gap. Can't be more than two years. And I'm, I'm not getting into this video determining how much the alimony is going to be. That's probably a, a whole nother topic for another video. Got to look at financial affidavits, got to look at mandatory disclosure, got to look at all kinds of document production, tax returns and all that. So, and it's very subjective. It's a really interesting topic, um, fairly complex, uh, but I'd be happy to talk about that in a future video. And if, if at any time you think of any topics for future videos, just put them in the comment section below. I'd be happy to do that. I do have a number of videos that I have mapped out that I hope will add value uh, to my, my viewers. If you're finding any value, hit the uh, like button. That'd be great. If you want to receive notifications, I'm going to be posting a new video every week, uh, midweek, Wednesday at noon. Um, you can be looking for the videos. If you like the videos, uh, please subscribe. That'd be great. Um, would love to provide that content for you. So we have um, temporary alimony during the case. Once the divorce case is finalized, the final judgment is entered, then the court can award bridge the gap alimony, but it can't last for more than two years, okay? And then we'll get into in another video how much that alimony will be. The third type of alimony is rehabilitative alimony. All right, rehabilitative alimony is intended to help the recipient spouse not just get back on their feet, but in a sense, get rehabilitated in the way of getting some further education, helping them start a new business, or just maybe even transitioning on a longer term into a, a rehabilitation plan. The rehabilitative alimony portion of the statute requires that the re recipient spouse actually have a rehabilitation plan. So that might be, let's say, 
Um, let's say in the, this case, the husband has no college, the wife makes substantially more, maybe she's a doctor, lawyer, some other profession, and he wants to go back to school to get a nursing degree. Okay, it might be a two-year degree, it might be a four-year degree. So he has to go to say UCF or some other nursing school and sit down and map out all the classes that will need to be taken, how much that will cost, what period of time it will take him to complete that rehabilitation plan, whether he's gonna be able to do it full-time, part-time, if he has a part-time job, a lot of factors go into it, but it has to be a detailed rehabilitation plan in order for the court to be permitted to award re rehabilitative alimony. Okay, hope that makes sense. Let's move on to the fourth one. The fourth type of alimony is really kind of a unique type, not used that often anymore. It's called lump sum alimony. Now, it sounds like it all has to be paid at one time in one kind of big lump sum, but not necessarily. Lump sum alimony can be paid periodically, meaning so much a week, so much a month, so much a quarter, annually, whatever. But the lump sum number is determined at the beginning. So let's say the payor spouse is going to pay lump sum alimony of $120,000. Well, they could pay it at $10,000 a month for 12 months or $1,000 a month for 120 months. That's 10 years. I mean, so there's a lot of different uh, ways of doing it. Or it can be paid in a lump sum, um, but there's a lot of flexibility with that. The really interesting thing about lump sum alimony is it's non-modifiable. Unlike all other types of alimony in the statute by definition, lump sum alimony is that fixed number and it can never be changed no matter what in the future like the other types. And that's a really good topic probably beyond the scope of what we're doing today. But all the other types being modifiable, you have to show three things. Substantial change in circumstance, non, uh, that, it, that it was not anticipated at the time of the final judgment, and then it's permanent in nature. Those all have very significant legal terminology and meaning, and we can get into that if uh, someone would like me to in a future video. But lump sum alimony, by its nature, non-modifiable. You might want to do that. Uh, the payor spouse might say, okay, I don't want to ever have to risk uh, my spouse, ex-spouse, going back in the future and trying to get more alimony. So it's fixed. I'm going to deal with it. Great. I'll pay it periodically. And the recipient spouse might go, yeah, I want to make sure I'm going to get all of it. The payor spouse isn't like if he or she loses her job in the future, isn't going to go back and try to reduce it. So it has some risk reward on both sides if the parties want to consider that. All right, let's go to the fifth type of alimony. Number five, durational alimony. Interesting type. It's the newest, along with Bridge the Gap, uh, type of alimony in Florida. There's been a real battle about the sixth and final type, which I have to discuss when I talk about 
this fifth type, durational. The last one I'm going to get into is called permanent periodic alimony. And it's the alimony that people, men and women, hate to pay because it has that word permanent in it. Now, it doesn't mean just because it says permanent periodic alimony that it's permanent. Any of these other types other than lump sum alimony are modifiable. So uh, even permanent periodic alimony ends upon remarriage or ends upon death of one of the parties or can end upon substantial change in circumstance like incomes. So durational alimony, type number five there, was adopted by the legislature to fill in kind of a hole in the statute where permanent periodic alimony might not necessarily be appropriate, but you needed something more than rehabilitative alimony or maybe lump sum wasn't appropriate and um, bridge the gap was certainly not enough. So durational alimony is like it says, for a duration of the, uh, uh, a duration, and usually can be anywhere from a fourth the number of years in the, in the marriage or up to three-fourths the number of years in the marriage. The statute actually says it just can't be awarded for more than the length of the marriage. So if you have a 15-year marriage, you can't get durational alimony for more than 15 years. But from my 35 years of experience uh, since law school and working primarily in family law for 30 plus years, um, I see that it typically falls in the one-fourth to three-fourths of the length of the marriage with the sweet spot being about half the marriage, okay? Um, durational alimony is interesting because it can be modified uh, in terms of the amount but it cannot be modified in terms of the duration. Very interesting. So if you get, say, 10 years of durational alimony at $1,000 a month, um, and there's a substantial change in circumstance in the future, that 1,000 a month can be increased or decreased, but the length of the durational alimony cannot be cut from 10 years to five or increased from 10 to 15 or anything like that. And alimony is really subjective. We have no formula in Florida for alimony that the courts have to follow. Yes, the legislature a couple years back did um, adopt a formula. The legislature passed it, but the, uh, the governor vetoed it for a lot of reasons. It, it actually uh, abrogated or did away with the uh, with all of uh, permanent alimony, but again, it was vetoed. So we still have permanent alimony, but permanent alimony is kind of under siege. And I would venture to guess that probably in the next three to five years, we probably won't have permanent alimony anymore. But if you get it before um, the legislature does away with it again, and the governor, the governor, the new governor now um, signs it, then um, it is a vested right. They can't take it away from you once, once you get it. So that's durational alimony. Now finally, permanent periodic alimony. This is the one that people go crazy about. Um, men's groups for several years now have been trying to do away with permanent periodic alimony. And like I said, they got the legislature to do away with it a couple years ago, but 
it got vetoed. So uh, there's no formula. Permanent alimony means, yep, it sounds permanent, so much a month for the rest of your life or his, ends upon death, it has to, or remarriage, or um, under 61.14 of the statute, if you uh, basically engage in a cohabitation, you're living with somebody in what's known as a financially supportive relationship. So uh, the district courts are a little split on that now. What does that mean? Well, if you if you if you move in with somebody and they're supporting you, then some of the district courts say the alimony ends. You don't get it anymore. And then some of the district courts, and we have five district courts of appeal in Florida. Um, I happen to be in Central Florida, Orlando. Our office is downtown on Magnolia and um, Zelma, right there at the corner, just north of Highway 50. Um, so. Some of the fifth district court or some of the district courts of appeal um, say that the alimony ends, and some of them say, well, if you're, let's say you're getting $1,000 of um, permanent periodic alimony um, and you're cohabitating, and that person's providing $500 of support a month, then your $1,000 a month in alimony gets reduced to 500 because you're getting that support. That seems a little bit more reasonable to me than ending it completely. Um, by the way, that cohabitation impacts all the other types of alimony, not just permanent periodic. I wanted to say um, also before we get into the amount of the alimony or um, the type of the alimony, there's, there's a whole bunch of factors in the statute. 61.08 has about 10 different factors. The length of the marriage, the health of the parties, the education level of the parties. Uh, did one, one of the parties engage in child uh, rearing or uh, support the development of the career of the other party? A lot of people think the length of the marriage is like the most important. It's pretty important because the statute itself does say that a marriage of zero to seven years is a short-term marriage. And yes, there's a rebuttable presumption against alimony for short-term. Doesn't mean you can't get it, but it means it's harder to get in a short-term marriage. A medium-term marriage is seven to 17 years, and that's like a neutral presumption. It's not for the alimony, it's not against the alimony. So it's kind of not a big factor to the court. But if you have a marriage of more than 17 years, then yes, you're a long-term marriage. Yes, there's a presumption in favor of long-term alimony. Uh, But in order to get long-term alimony, there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, And you have to prove a number of factors uh, like um, the standard of living that you achieve during the marriage and making sure you have enough alimony to meet your daily, monthly, you know, your your needs, your financial needs uh, going forward. Typically, you're looking at permanent alimony when one party makes a substantial income and the other party, it's a long-term marriage, so it's gonna be more than 17 years, and the recipient spouse 
maybe hasn't worked for the whole length of the marriage. Maybe they um, typically female. She's raised the children. She helped her husband build his career. And so now he's got a great income and he's doing well. And the legislature felt she should share in that because she helped her husband achieve that. So that's where permanent periodic alimony comes from. There are hundreds of cases that talk about all, all of these types of alimony. And unfortunately, because it's so subjective and we don't have a formula like we do with child support where you just plug in numbers and, and a couple other um, factors like, you know, um, number of overnights and stuff like that, that's all built into the formula for child support. There's no formula uh, that the uh, that the court follows. However, I will say that lawyers who are experienced know there's a couple of formulas that we use for, as I would call them, rules of thumb that give you like a pretty good idea of the ballpark of where we're going to end up. One is the AAML. They have, that's the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers, has a formula. We use it. It's not, it's not uh, dispositive or it doesn't control what the court does, but it gives us a, a, a fairly good idea. And we also use what we call the failed statute. That's the one the legislature passed and the governor vetoed, but it's still uh, well known and it's a way of calculating child support. But the last thing I'll say the, in the final analysis, what the court is obligated to do is to look at what I said at the beginning, the financial ability of one party to pay the alimony and the financial need of the other party to receive the alimony. That's primarily looked at the financial documents that are produced in the case. And the most significant financial document is or are the two parties financial affidavits. So um, the financial affidavit will have on it the gross income minus deduction, so it gives the net income available to pay alimony, and then all the expenses and payments to creditors and so forth, um, reducing that net income to see what's left over as available to pay alimony. And then you look at the recipient spouse's financial affidavit and go, hmm, okay, no income, and here are these expenses, and that's, say, her need, say it's $5,000 a month, and then you look on the husband's financial affidavit and go, well, there, these are a lot of expenses that are fluff, and so the wife's attorney argues that the husband, uh, that the husband has the financial ability to pay the 5000 and the husband's attorney argues, no, he has all these expenses. He doesn't have the ability to pay it. And unless they resolve that in a mediation or four-way settlement conference, or hopefully they don't go to court on this and they do a collaborative case and they work this out within the collaborative process. And I have a prior video I've talked about collaborative before and the power of it and how I think it's a healthier way to approach family law because it's more amicable, it's more confidential, it's more setting goals that the parties can agree upon and it protects the children. So there's a lot of benefits to collaborative law. I 
encourage you to watch that prior video on that. So um, I do call this the healthy family law attorney video channel. I do have a blog, um, it, it's referenced below if you wanna check it out. It's called The Healthy Lawyer. I have been on a health journey uh, the last five years. I've lost 50 pounds and I uh, eat a lot healthier. It's a lot about physical health, but it's also about emotional health, spiritual health. And I wanna give a health tip each day or each video, each, each time we get together. And so um, everybody knows I love avocados. I have 25 avocado trees in my yard. Um, little known fact, most people think there's only two varieties of avocados. You know, that little one, um, pebbly one, uh, people usually call it the Haas avocado. It's actually named after a guy named Rudolf Haas. Rhymes with something like a donkey, whatever. Um, but that is a, a variety. And then the larger one, most people call the Florida avocado or it's more watery or less oily. Um, that's really a West Indian um, type of avocado. Anyway, avocados are one of the healthiest fruits you can, yeah, it's a fruit that you can eat. Uh, it has oleic acid in it, it has really monounsaturated fats, very healthy fats in it, can help you lose weight. And I'll tell you that if you eat an avocado in your salad, all the veggies in your salad, it will make the vegetables, the nutrients from them, five times more bioavailable to your body. So it's great to have an avocado. I say eat an avocado every day. An avocado a day keeps the doctor away, better than an apple a day. So I hope that helps. I want this to be a, a healthy endeavor. Um, I know that clients going through family law, the family law process is just a difficult time, a very stressful time. So it is, um, I think, helpful to look at it and approach it in the healthiest way possible. Um, you're only in control of your own life, so you can't control your spouse. But hopefully you'll, you'll choose a lawyer that wants to help you get through the process in the healthiest way possible. Anyway, if you like this video, please hit that like button. Subscribe to my channel. I'll be uh, posting a number of videos, like I said, once a week on Wednesday um, at noon. So look forward to seeing you in my next YouTube video, The Healthy Family Law Attorney. Thanks so much. Have a great day.